<laughs> Can you believe it? You've made it to the Halloween haunt. Welcome. Prepare yourself for alarming information, horrendous history, and profoundly perturbing poems and stories. Oh, here he comes now. Your ghoul friend and mine, the Halloween Haunter! <laughs> the golden age of radio was a golden age of audio horror as well. We're talking about the 1930s and 1940s. It makes sense, right? Nights were darker then, both outdoors and in. The technology wasn't as powerful, and electricity was relatively more expensive, meaning lights were used only when and where necessary. So it was generally dimmer, a much nicer time. But also, the 30s saw America watching as Europe and the Pacific and much of Asia were falling to imperialistic, dictatorial regimes, wondering when somebody would come for them. And in the early 40s, they learned the answer. But new scary questions arose. It's no wonder, then, that what I think were the most visceral and raw tales of terror were presented during that period. Also interesting, anthologies were not only dominant in those days, I can't think of one that wasn't an anthology. Not to mention the numerous series that were general interest anthologies, which also featured an occasional story. The Witch's Tale was a very early anthology series from 1931 to 1937 on WOR New York. The mutual broadcasting system, which was WOR's network, and then it was syndicated. The program was hosted by old Nancy, played by stage actress Adelaide Fitz Allen, who passed away in 1935 and was replaced by a 13-year-old actress for a time who also played old Nancy and another as well. Old Nancy's cat was named Satan. Wowzers. It's said that Bill Gaines, publisher of EC Comics, was inspired by old Nancy when he created The Old Witch for his series The Haunt of Fear. Another early series to feature frights was the aptly named Lights Out, which ran from 1934 to 1947 off and on, which includes the years the government was also saying, Lights Out, so the enemy would have trouble finding potential targets. It was conceived of by NBC writer Willis Cooper, who had the, pardon the expression, bright idea of a midnight mystery serial. Back in those days, most late-night radio was just music, as prime time was over. It never was a serial, however. It was an anthology by the time it hit the air on WENR in Chicago, a flagship station of the NBC Blue Network. It began strictly local, however, and featured crime stories and the supernatural on a 15-minute program that aired Wednesdays at midnight. Within a few months, it expanded to 30 minutes. After airing for a year, Lights Out was cancelled to ease its sole writer's workload. The program returned a few weeks later by popular demand, and if fans of scary radio in the Depression were anything like fans of scary podcasts in the 21st century, I'm not surprised. It was tried out in New York City and taken national after being local for a year and a few months. 
EC Comics horror offerings were also influenced by Mr. Cooper's version, which was violent, grisly, and full of dark humor. Characters were buried alive, eaten alive, torn apart while alive by robots and beasties, skinned alive, tortured, decapitated on air, and more, with lovely sound effects and blood-curdling acting. That was when it was local. When it went national, they toned it down. Oh well, it was fun while it lasted. Willis Cooper left after two and a half years, shepherding the show from local to national, and a man named Arch Obler took over. Mr. Obler used stream of consciousness to great personal effect, getting into the heads of the characters who were going through unfathomable events. His first script was about a paralyzed girl who was buried alive. It's nice to know they didn't completely abandon the classics. Lights Out was cancelled and revived more than once, and was brought to CBS Radio in 1942, and made its way back to NBC, then a television version in the 1940s and 50s. The Mysterious Traveler was a series that's little remembered now, but ran for nine years on the mutual broadcasting system. It was hosted by a mysterious man on a train who presented a different tale each week. One of the most popular, and often repeated, was called Behind the Locked Door, which took place entirely in the dark. Suspense was perhaps the most popular horror radio show of the Golden Age. It began in the midst of World War II and ran for 20 years on CBS. One reason was that it featured popular Hollywood film actors. More than 900 of the 945 episodes still exist. That's a lot of content. The program changed in some ways during its time, changing hosts, sponsors, directors, and producers. But one thing did not change much. The story formula. A regular person is suddenly thrust into a bizarre situation that seems out of his or her control until the very last second, and the evildoer is punished. Well, you can't have everything. Like many television programs of your life, Suspense began as a pilot on another series, one called Forecast. The most interesting thing about that was its director. You may have heard of him, Alfred Hitchcock. It was a radio adaptation of a silent film Hitchcock had directed in 1926 that he was fond of. He directed and appeared in the program in order to promote his new film, Foreign Correspondent. Many scripts were restaged several times, and at least one script was adapted by Rod Serling for the Twilight Zone television show. Other famous types were Henry Fonda, Judy Garland, Ronald Coleman, Marlena Dietrich, Cary Grant, and Lena Horne. Also some comedy stars who you would never expect to be in a dramatic, scary story, like Jack Benny and Jim and Marion Jordan, the famed Fibber McGee and Molly whose program created much of the sitcom format that still exists today on TV. One of the most famous broadcasts by a series that wasn't strictly horror was featured in a long-ago episode of The Halloween Haunt. It was H.G. Wells' War of the World, an adaptation by Orson Welles on the Mercury Radio Theater of the Air in 1938. Another famous episode of that series was an adaptation of Dracula. These are just a few examples. It was a delightfully dark time, 
with no one particularly interested in maintaining copyright for these programs, just about all are considered to be in the public domain, it seems, which has meant that many surviving episodes have been available, and many are now available for free via podcast and other online means. A favorite of mine is called The Horror. I will include links to that and others I can dig up in the show notes, which you may have on your podcast app, and of course, are always at thehalloweenhaunt.com.